Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. Oh, give thanks with a grateful heart. have a lot to be thankful for, don't we? It's nothing we've done, but what he's done for us. Amen, amen, amen. I'll say thank you, musicians, and God bless you. And we want to uh, just do something a little bit different tonight, and we're just going to have Brother John Perizot come, and you can have your seats for a minute. And Usually if this was young people's, I've had them come do a sword drill, but tonight it'd be a little different. I just want him to do an update on how we're doing with the podcast for those of you that have 
that I've been listening to it, and I hope you've been enjoying it, but it's been listened to in many different places, and I thought it'd just be fitting just to keep you updated on how that's going. Brother John, you're right behind me. God bless you all, and if we could pull up that PowerPoint I gave you. Um, this is just a quick little update on where the podcast is at. Um, we've called it the End Time Podcast, and for anyone that, if this is the first time you're hearing about it, the End Time Podcast started as a, a burden and with prayer looking for how we could do local missions. So how could we reach out to people even in Edmonton or other in areas of, El- of Alberta um, a few months ago, COVID was quite restrictive, to say the least, and so we looked around to see what we could do to get right into people's homes, and we thought of a podcast, and there was different thoughts with it, but that was kind of part of the essence, and, and so we've started making a podcast, and we want to update you as to where things have gone with it. Um, we want to thank the, the, the church leadership for their support, um, and we know Brother Harold's vision growing up. I remember Brother Harold's vision was to be a mission-minded church. And so we want to do our part to carry that vision forward with however we can and and in whatever way and form that we can. Matthew 6, it says, and he said unto them, Matthew 16, sorry, 15 and 16, he said, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And Matthew 24, 13 and 14, it says, but he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And so I want to also just make this to say that this podcast is in by no means a substitution for the message, but it's, it's perhaps a tool or maybe one way I'd like to think about it, a, a digital tract, something that you can give out, a digital tract that might point someone or be used to point someone to the word of the hour. So if we can go to the second slide. I wanted to share some stats. This has been out for now since May 5th, 2021. We released our first episode. And since then, we've released 18 episodes. I'm sorry if this is hard to see. I hope it's not too hard. Um, We've released 18 episodes going down on the left side. The all-time downloads, this is what our company or our provider tells us is the all-time downloads that has been clicked on. So I don't know how exactly they calculate that, but they say that it's 963 and so we're nearing 1,000 listens overall, which to me blows my mind just a little bit. Um, I would say that probably a portion of them, maybe a small portion of them were when we were clicking on them, testing and seeing how it all worked and different things, but I would say comfortably a solid 900 outside downloads. Average listens after a week or seven days is 27 per episode, and after 30 days it goes up to 42 per episode, and after 90 days it's hit 50 on average per every episode that we've put out. About a third of our listeners are from here in Alberta, which means two-thirds of our listeners are not from Alberta. Nearly 40% of our, all of our listeners are actually not even in Canada. They've been all over the world. And so nearly 40% of the listeners have been international. Our top five countries are Canada, the United States, Singapore. That's a new one that's just climbed the list. Um, Spain and Germany. Now, I'm just going to go down the list. I have a few more stats here that I don't have on the screen, um, but I'll just look at them quickly for you. We've had, and to me, this is just God, because we sat in a room and we started to record these episodes and started to try to 
find what the mind of the Lord might be, and it's gone way more beyond local missions than we thought. It went way beyond Edmonton, it went way beyond Alberta. In the United States, we've had listens in Texas, Ohio, Washington, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Indiana, Florida, and I could keep going. California, Alabama, South and North Carolina, I don't know who's listening, but someone's listening. <laughs> it's strange to me even. And then in Singapore, Spain, Germany, Australia, Ireland, South Africa, Nigeria, India, We've hit six out of seven continents, so meaning so far, the guys that hang out with the penguins in Antarctica haven't listened. But every other content, continent, six out of seven continents from Asia to everywhere has listened. So I, I don't know exactly, but I trust that God has some kind of purpose in this, that God would want to do something with it. So if we can go to the third slide, I... This is where, in case you haven't had a chance to check it out or you'd want to find a way to share it, and if you want to find a way to share it and this doesn't make any sense, you can send me a message or Brother Andrew or Brother Tito or Brother Max. You can see our photos um, as the, the, the folks that are behind the microphones on the podcast. We're on this website called Transistor. That's our way that we distribute our, our sermons, our specials, and this podcast. So there's the link there, feeds.transistor.fm. But if that's a little complicated, there's also a way to just search End Time Podcast, probably right on Google, you might be able to find it fairly quick, but on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and more. Uh, we want to thank Brother Ethan. He's our producer that helps us when we go live to make everything work. And I will say it's a privilege to work with Brother Andrew, Brother Tito, Brother Max in doing all of this. And so it's been a blessing to study the word and get into the word and then try to maybe bring something that could be a blessing. Keep praying for us. Because we don't know exactly what God would want in all of this. And we want to find the mind of the Lord and how we can bring ultimately the message to, the, to, to people wherever they might be in a way that might reach them in a few maybe 20 minutes or less or that sort of thing. And so it's, we, we request your prayers. That's a little update with some of the numbers and some of the stats. That's just a quick snapshot and again, keep praying for us. And if you need any help with getting the links or anything like that, let us know. And I'll remind you as well, on the front, I believe they're still there. These tracks that were made, um, they're good for handing out to someone that you might just see that it has the address, address to the church and the service times, and I think on most, if not all, and then as well, the podcast links. So if that's something that you can give to someone that might help them or, or just in passing, you're welcome to do that. And so with that, I'll turn it back to Brother Andrew. God bless you. Amen. Let's stand together. That where that is gone, I believe, is a product of your prayers. That's what the Lord does with his word when the saints get behind it and pray. And as Brother John said, it's an arrow to point people to the message. Say, this is what you really need. You really want eagle food. You got to go to where the carcass is. But uh, it's good to put up signs and say it's over here for those that are searching. Amen. Amen. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms. I think on behalf of Brother Max and Brother Tito and myself, I'd like to say it's an honor to work with you too, Brother John. Wherever you ran off to you, but amen. There he is, hiding in the back. Amen. It's nice to work together with brothers of like precious faith.
David said, if brothers would dwell together in unity, it's like the anointing oil. It's, it's good. <laughs> I've seen it. It's good. I've had many feedback from some of you and some others. Uh, we've had feedback from uh, Ireland, from different places where uh, they've been listening, and, and it's, it's good. That's all I can say. We appreciate your prayers. It's good. God is good. Amen. Psalms chapter 18. Maybe let's just bow our heads for a word of prayer and we'll just commit it to the Lord before we read. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just humbly approach your throne one more time tonight. And Lord, as we've had a brother, Brother Mark, come open in prayer and Brother Ed pray in the back office and many have prayed as they came and sat in the pews and begin to create an atmosphere. And Lord, we're so thankful for each one that could come and bring their lick of fire tonight. And thank you for the service we had this morning, Lord. And truly, it's with a grateful heart that we give thanks unto you. Lord Jesus, we are of all people. We are most blessed. Lord, we're most privileged to have our eyes open to the light, to see, O oh God, and to know what lies ahead. And Father, you've been so good to us, and we ask tonight you just come speak to our hearts. Help me just to get myself aside, Lord, that you would move in a special way tonight. Lord, we want your word to have the preeminence in every aspect of the service, that your spirit could come to the word and anoint it and manifest it in our lives. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ we ask these things. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter, sorry, Psalms chapter 18. Deuteronomy is next. All right. Psalms chapter 18 and verse 31 says, For who is God save the Lord? And who is a rock save our God? I'm positive that's not talking about rocks. That's talking about revelation. Who is a rock? Who is a safe place? Who is a high tower? but are gone. It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon my high places. And he teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. And thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holden me up, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. Amen. May the Lord is blessing to the word. You may have your seats. Let's turn also over, if you would, to Deuteronomy chapter 32. I want to take a subject tonight on our fight, part two, and uh, take a subtitle of Overcoming the Gravity. Overcoming the Gravity. In Deuteronomy chapter 32. And in verse 11. would record and say, As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them and beareth them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead him 
and was, there was no strange God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth. Amen. Let's go over one chapter to chapter 33 and verse 29. Maybe it seems strange to stop in the middle, but I just want to highlight some certain points. And, but Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 29 says, Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people, saved by the Lord, the shield of thy help, who is the sword of thy excellency, and thine enemies shall be found liars unto thee, and thou shalt tread upon their high places. Amen. I believe if you were here a couple of Sunday nights ago, you're starting to see where this is going. <laughs> we're back in the high places. And a couple of Sundays ago, we spoke on that and on how we need to tear down the high places, not just take the idols out. But there's also the high places. But I want to take a step back. And now that we've gone through that, and I believe you've been pondering on these things as Brother Ed's been preaching, Brother Max's been preaching, Brother Moses. And now it's, it's, it's come to a point where you recognize not every high place is bad. But now I want to take it and, and, and we'll, we'll go over to Ephesians here for a moment. Ephesians chapter 1. And we'll read a couple verses here. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. There we go. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that he should be holy and without blame before him in love. Amen. And it says this, it says, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. And if you jump down to verse 17, forgive me, I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture off the bat, but we'll, we'll start to work it in here. Verse 17 says this, it says, that our that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what, riches, uh, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in, this, in the saints." And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, word, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which is wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is, the, which is his body and the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Amen. So notice and I know it seems very simple to say this to a group of message believers but it's his body. The head is connected to the body. 
It's not another body. It's not another something. It's not just raising up somebody else. But it's where he is, the body is. And, 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 and I want to take this, and now we know, Brother Benham will go into his Ephesians parallels Joshua. We know Joshua is the book of placing Israel positionally in the promised land. And Ephesians positionally places the believer in what we're called to. And, 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 and Brother Benham would say, in my opinion, it's one of the greatest books in the New Testament. He says it leaves on where, where Calvinism runs out on this limb, Arminianism on the other limb. But the book of Ephesians draws it together and positionally places the church. Amen. And that, that's certainly nothing new to us. But we had spoke last time on tearing down the high places. And in the spiritual, I want to say a high place starts out as a place where God met you. That's where it begins. That's what a high place is. We're a place where God met you. And they aren't bad places to start because it's a place where God met you. But they can quickly become that. And, and because they, 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 they can become that because when the place becomes worshipped. Instead of what happened there and the God that met you there, but rather it's always looking back to that place to say it was that place, it was that place. It wasn't at that place that made the difference. It was the God that met you that made the difference. See, and then, and then what can happen when you begin to worship that place is you begin to erect a spiritual idol in order to say this is the place where God dwells. And though he may have met you there, he's calling you on to something greater and something deeper all of the time. He doesn't just leave you at a certain location, a certain revelation and say, just build it all right here. This is where I am and this is the only place I am. But rather there's only one place he is and that is in Jesus Christ. Amen. But he's the head that's in the body, that's on the body. But now, and I'll just say it this way because there was a brother, I don't really want to attach his name for anyone that would get it and misconstrue it, but there was a brother that was delivered recently of COVID and, and he had to, he was laying in the bed, you know, many of you have heard his testimony, he was laying in the bed watching, a, scrolling through the TV to find something good to watch and he happened to come across a Spider-Man movie. Okay, and then and, and you look at this and it's very, very natural and it's very carnal, but it was something that he needed to see in order to recognize I'm out of my mind and I need to break back into reality to catch what's really real to believe the truth that God's already healed me. And I need to do that. And now we could all look and say, wouldn't it just be foolish for him to turn around, for anyone to turn around and say, well, you know what I need to do is watch every Marvel movie because God met me in one. So I should watch all of them because maybe he'll meet me and all the rest. Dude, no, that's making a high place out of something. God says, I met you there for a purpose. But now come on over to the next place because I don't, I'm not wanting to leave you there. You needed that at the time. But now come on, let's keep going up higher. Now don't worry, I'm not going to leave you there. In the natural, we would look at high places. And man always build high places. They love to do it. Man would climb mountains for the exhilaration of being on top of the world. And some would say, you feel so much closer to God up there on the mountain. It's just up there, it's peaceful, it's lovely, and perhaps you do feel heavenly or closer to God, but it has its limits because you're still earthbound. You can climb the highest mountain, but you take a running jump off the other side, it's going to be a fast trip down. You're still earthbound. Man will build towers, high towers, 
They'll try and build it higher and higher and higher. And which country's got the highest tower? And who's building the greatest? And which architect can design it? Which engineer can make it stand? And how can it all work that we can get a high place so that we can say, I've got the highest tower. I've reached the highest. It goes all the way back. It's a spirit that goes all the way back into Genesis chapter 11 where they said, let us go build a city and a tower whose top may reach into the heaven and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. That's the ideas of man. We want to be in a high place. We want to feel the exhilaration of the height. We want to feel the stability of the firm ground. That's simply a humanistic nature and a humanistic character to be that way. But I want to say we're not living under the anointing of man today. There's been three anointings previous. Brother Ed's been bringing it out a little bit, but it says this. This is the lion anointing under the first church age that went on in the first and into the second. It says it would go forth and it would preach the gospel. It was the anointing to preach the gospel, to spread it into all the nations. But it was earthbound, and in being earthbound, God used the laws of the land and the persecution physically of the church to spread the gospel, to cause them to go out. Because it was an earthbound creature, it could do that. But then there was an ox anointing, and the ox anointing, we know, is a beast of burden and sacrifice, and that was the anointing of that day to be hunted down, sacrificed for believing in the truth. But once again, it's an earthbound creature. Whereas a lion has his head up as a predator going about, but an oxen has his head down. Looking because it was for a purpose. It has seed had to go down, had to go, the church had to go right down into that place so that it could spring up again. It had to take the low place, hiding away, secretly sharing the gospel. That was the anointing of the time. You couldn't imagine in that day having a podcast. This is what we believe. They'd be knocking on our door right as soon as we even tried to post it. Come with us. We have a stake to tie you to. But the, but the anointing wasn't to do that. It was to be in secret. It was to hide in the catacombs, to go down into these places with their head down and recognize. But still the gospel went forth. Still the gospel went on. It had to do that. But then great man of God, under the anointing of a man, it was a smart anointing. And it was how God was moving in that day under the reformers. And many great churches were built. Great men of God came forth. Calvin came with that. Knox and Luther and Wesley and Swanky and all these different ones that, that came out of it. Spurgeon was under there. All these different great men of God, great ministers, great gifts. And moves of the Holy Spirit started. And great spiritual high places were built. And they were good to begin with, but they organized on those high places. And basically said, if you don't see it my way, you're out. If you're not on this mountain, you're not on the mountain. You forgot the person at the same level of you is still on the mountain. Just called a different name. But now under that anointing, that, that, that was the anointing of the time and great men of God as they garnered a great following to themselves. And it was. The, 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 when it began out, it was pointing men to God. It was pointing men to Christ. And that was what the messenger cast, what Luther was doing. He wasn't pointing them to himself. He was pointing them to Christ. That's what Wesley was doing. He was pointing them to Christ. But after they went off off the scene, then the men began to rally around their ministry. 
and begin to look at their ministry. And instead of even taking what they preached and begin to look for something more of what he was pointing to, which was Jesus Christ, they begin to build an altar to what he was preaching. And they began to make that ministry a high place. And then God had to move on because it wasn't right anymore. It started out good, but it didn't end good. Amen. And you might have, God might send revivals and he might send those, the spirit in there. But if they don't tear down the high place, they'll never have a move of God that will carry on. Because they rejected it a long time ago. But we find he even had to come into a place that Brother Banner's ministry even started under the anointing of a man. That was the beginning of the seventh angel messenger. It was under the anointing of a man when he first started his ministry. And we first have tapes recorded. It was under a man anointing. And there's certain people that even today will still go back to that and build an altar to what Brother Branham preached instead of what he pointed to. It's still happening. He's coming back just any day now. Yeah, uh, sure, but Jesus is coming back. And I'm looking for Jesus because that's the one the messenger was pointing to. I'm not interested in building an altar and saying, I'm waiting for Brother Bam, I'm waiting for Brother Bam. I'm waiting for Jesus because that's what he was waiting for. So that's what I'm waiting for. And I don't want to belittle that message because we're going to come back to that in just a moment here. And then that's what this is all based on anyways. But, but it, the high places don't start out as a bad thing, but they easily turn into a bad thing. Now I'm going to step on some ground that might step on some toes, but. I'm known for that. This church is a high place. These four walls, this roof, it is a high place. It's a place that we have sanctified. We keep it holy. We don't allow just anything in here. Why? Because it's a place where God comes to meet us. But yet God doesn't sit here between Sunday and Wednesday and twiddle his thumbs and wait for us to come back. Because this isn't the place where he dwells. He dwells in you. And if you don't come, it's not going to happen. If there's no people to come and worship, it's just a building. You can sanctify. You can keep it as clean as you want. But if there's nobody there for God to fill, because it's not wherever there's two or three walls dedicated in my name. It's where two or three are gathered. Two or three souls gathered in my name. I am there in the midst of them. And we need to be careful it, it stays that way. That it doesn't become, uh, that we don't try and build up an altar here and say, well, this is the only place. This is the only church. This is the only ministry. God forbid. It quickly become the habitation of every unclean bird at that point. It's easy to make a ministry a high place. And God may have met you through a certain ministry, a great brother, a great ministry today that's still alive perhaps, and God may meet you through them, but it's another thing to make that into a high place and say, unless that brother's preaching, I'm not going to receive anything. But God's trying to talk to you through the little brothers like myself, through the little brothers like Brother John, Brother Max, through our ministries. God's trying to talk to you, trying to get his word across to you for a purpose, not to lift us to us so that you can be lifted up into heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we don't build a high place and say, listen, until the special meetings arrive, God ain't going to move me. I'm waiting for that so I can take the next step in my life. I'm waiting for that so I can go a little bit higher, so I can really get higher. 
And if Brother Andrew's preaching, I think I'll just rest my eyes. It's easy to do that. It's easy to lift that up. Yes, there is one ministry. There is a prophet that came. And it's not his ministry we lift up. It's Jesus Christ that was preached in those tapes. It's rapturing faith that lays on those tapes. We need to be in those tapes. But on top of that, he said, I give in every church. Pastors. I've given them teachers. I've given them evangelists. I've given them preachers so they could take that word, so they could take the carcass and show you how to rip into it. That's the point. See where the carcass is, there the eagles are gathered. What if coming to church wasn't a time for you to Come up a little higher. What if every time Sunday morning rolled around, it wasn't little eagles struggling up the hill to get back to the high place? What if it wasn't that way, but rather it was a place of rest? That you could come in here and rest and feed on the Lord. Not drag yourself in from the depths of the valley. But rather, you could come down from soaring in the heavenlies to come down and rest your feet on this rock. What if we came with the right attitude to church and said, oh, it was such a hard week. Hey, listen, I had a hard week. But what if instead of coming and saying, preach me happy, brother, preach me happy, make an atmosphere, but rather come and say, I've been soaring in the heavenlies, there's been storms, there's been times, but I kept getting back up, I kept setting my wings on the winds of faith, and I'm coming down to church now, not struggling up the hill, but rather I'm coming down so that way I can get fed, so I can set my wings again and rise back up into the heavenlies on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday. We'd really have a service then. Well, the Branham says this, and the end of the message, is this the sign of the end, sir? He says this, he says, as I come tonight with this little church before me, by faith we're moving from this building in rapture. He says, listen, we're not going out of the building. He says, oh man, can't wait till the next service. We're leaving the building in rapture. And he even goes on to say, as we sit together in heavenly places, it's not that we need to physically sit in the same room, but rather it's seated in Christ Jesus, the same spirit seated in heavenly places. Because there came in our day a mighty eagle. Amen. Amen. That ushered in the anointing of the eagle at the opening of the word. That it was no longer under the anointing of the man at that point, but now it came under the anointing of the eagle because the opening of the word couldn't come by an earthbound creature. The creature had to go into the heavenlies in order to receive the heavenly vision to reveal the word that was hidden in the Bible the whole time. It's not an earthbound creature. Listen, we're not, they're not meant to dwell in the high places of man. They're not meant to dwell in the valleys of despair. 
Well, sometimes they end up there. Sometimes they do. Eagles, they end up right down the valley. Sometimes they end up resting on the mountaintop. But they're not meant for that. God didn't make them as creatures that dwell down there. An eagle, even though it soars in the heavenly, will swoop right down in the valley and catch a fish right out of the water, right? And it's full moving, and it doesn't stop and go to the bank and say, I'll enjoy it here. It takes it right back up. It goes right back where it was meant to be. It doesn't have its head down toward the earth. It's a heavenly animal. It comes down here to rest, eat, shelter from the storm. Because storms do come. We want to make sure we have grace one for another to recognize that. Not always be looking at each other saying, what's your problem? No, storms come. And they're hard. Sometimes you got to hide in the rock. you got to get over in the rock of ages and hide in the cleft till the storm passes by. There are those moments. There are those times. But you might say, Brother Andrew, you don't know the gravity of my situation. You don't understand the gravity of my circumstance and how hard it is. I just can't seem to get in the heavenlies. I just can't seem to take flight. No, I don't, but you don't know the gravity of my situation. But I do. And I know that I couldn't overcome my situation with all the strength that I have. And so I'm sure it's the same for you. That through your best laid plans and your best laid efforts, still you end up flat on your face. Is that way for me? So I'm assuming I'm not the only eagle that at one point was stuck in the chicken yard. Pecking around. He said, Brother, you were raised in a message church. How dare you? Yeah, and I needed to recognize who I was too. Because even though I was there, we heard it. There's two kinds of believers, three kinds of believers in every church. And the foolish virgin is not out there. She sits in message churches. You can find that in the message. I preached on that, but the match just preached on it. She sits right here. So you got to recognize, am I one of those? Am I walking out of the service saying he called me a chicken? Or am I walking out of the service saying I'm an eagle? Am I walking out here terrified because it feels like Brother Andrew's been pecking on my back the whole time because eagles eat chickens? Or am I an eagle that says, why was he picking on somebody? I hope it wasn't me. I thank God it wasn't me because he was helping me, pushing me higher. I need a warm wind of faith, an updraft. I need that daily to set my wings on. I need to get in the ward. I need something to set my wings on, to raise up into the heavenlies every day. I need that, so I'm sure you do too. And tonight, that's what I want to do is maybe just give you a little more updraft to maybe help you just set your wings. Maybe you say, I haven't in a long time. It's been a long time, Brother Andrew. Tonight's your night. To stop standing on the high place and say, well, this is as high as I'll ever get. This church service is as high as I'll ever get. Last special meetings is as high as I'll ever get. It is a high place. But listen, there's a higher place. Yeah. 
I love that story. Brother Bannon, when he talks about the eagle that was down there in the timbers because the storm had driven them down. And the squirrel was chattering away. And Brother Bannon thought, you know, I could shoot you. And he just kept checking his wings. Why? Because he recognized I'm not an earthbound creature. He wasn't picking up his claws going, are they strong enough? Can I run fast enough? He wasn't checking out his beak saying, maybe I could, man, maybe I could do some of this or maybe my vision. No, he was checking out his wings. He knew all I need to do is just a couple flaps of these things and we're out of here. You couldn't shoot me if you tried. As we read in the scripture, happy are you for you shall tread down their high places. In other words, their high places, the high places of the world, the things the world calls high. It's beneath you. Because an eagle's meant for the heavenlies. It soars above the mountaintops. It soars above the peaks. It soars to a place where there is nothing that man can make to touch it. Man can make the greatest tower in Dubai and they can build it up as high and the eagle still fly right over top and say, what's that tiny little thing? Jesus has put a, has put the high places under the feet of the eagle. And he set the eagle upon one high place. That's the rock of Jesus Christ. Seated in heavenly places with him. We read in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 20, he says, which he wrought in Christ, which he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand on the heavenly, in the heavenly places. So we find in the first, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, it would talk about heavenly places that he's chosen you. So we see that, that the heavenly places is mentioned in the book of Ephesians. And we find that in, in, in the first, the first time he mentions it, just bear with me, in chapter 1 and verse 3, he talks about, it says he's chosen you and he, and he wants to bless you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. So in other words, he's chosen you for that purpose. He predestinated you for that purpose. He put you in, 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 in him before the foundation of the world. He thought of you for a purpose to raise you up and bless you in heavenly places, not so you would be an earthbound creature down here so that that way you would raise up into heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then in the very next one, in, in, in chapter 1 and verse 20, it talks about how Jesus was a ascended and is seated in heavenly places. So that's where he's at. But then in chapter two, if you go to chapter two of Ephesians in verse four, it would write it this way. And it would say, but God who is rich in mercy. Before that, it would talk about how we walked according to the, the flesh and different things in their conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh. But in verse four it says, but God who is rich in mercy for this great love wherewith he loved us, even when he, we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
Amen. So that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and the kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. So we find that first of all, he chose us for this purpose. He raised Christ up to that, but it wasn't just Jesus Christ that he would be above all, but he brought up a people to say, I'm bringing you up here and I'm saving you. My great mercy saving you so you too have the ability so that you're able to. Because without the blood of Jesus to cover our sins, without the great mercy of God that he shed his blood when we didn't deserve, without that grace that he did that, then there's no way we could soar into heavenly places. We'd just all be chickens in the chicken yard. But rather, he said, I knew there was some eagles. I knew there was somebody who could soar. So I made them a way to bring them up to sit together with me. And the next time it's mentioned is chapter 3 and the next chapter in verse 8, which would record it this way, which would say, Unto me who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent. What's the intentions here? To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. What is that mystery? Brother Bradham would take it and say, Christ is the mystery. He says, I want you to understand that it was God, it was God, it was Christ. And he poured it, he was, he poured it into Christ and then he poured all of that into the church. It was the threefold purpose of God. God in, in, in his son and God in the church. God in his bride. That he could live again in human flesh. We would be veiled the body of Christ. His intentions or his purpose isn't just a nice emotional feeling. To come to church and I feel lifted up. Nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. But it is more than that. It's for you to have the wisdom to understand the mystery of his power given to you by lifting you and seating you, the bride, into the principality of Jesus Christ. Seating you in the sovereign power, the sovereign territory of Jesus Christ. Because it says this in Colossians chapter 1, familiar to all of us, says, For by him were all things created, that are in heaven, that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether there be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. This is the principality of Christ. That he was before all things, and by him do all things consist. He's saying that he chose you in him before the foundation of the world for a purpose so that you would not be an earthbound creature just limited to earthly high places, but rather that you could raise up into heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How did he do it? By marriage. 
He did it by marriage. He did it by birthing you, by baptizing you by one spirit. We're all baptized into one body, which is the body of Christ. Which what is he doing in that? It's a performing of a marriage ceremony where it's no longer me, this first husband. I've got another husband that I'm married to. And he has the preeminence in all things. And we'll get to this. It says, and remember, the man was saying the Patmos vision. He says, and remember the seven stars was in his right hand. Just think, they were drawing their current, their light from him. They were completely under his control in his right hand. Oh, every true servant of God is the same way. I want you to catch that. He doesn't limit it to just seven stars. He says, every true servant of God is the same way, completely under his control. And it says, held when who who can harm them? Who can harm them? As one of the angels cried back there in the beginning, remember the angel means messengers. It was Paul where he said, we get into those deeper things later in the week. He says, the angel means messenger. He said, what can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ? Who was that angel? It was Paul, the messenger saying, what can separate us from the love of God? What can separate us? Can sickness, can peril, can nakedness, can sword, can death? I am persuaded, said Paul, that there's nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. For we are completely yielded to his right hand. Now listen, what's in the right hand? Seven stars. We read it in Psalm chapter 18 where he says, He upholded me with his right hand. What's he upholding you with? The message of the hour. He's got something for you in every age to lift you up into heavenly places. And it's not by our own design. It's by God's design that he sent an angel messenger to lift his church up out of the world. He goes on the same quote to say, somebody say, holy roller, holy roller. That don't bother them a bit. When you're completely yielded to the right hand, it does not bother you. You're a religious fanatic, someone say. You don't even hear it. See, they're completely yielded and drawing their life from his right arm of power, reflecting his light in the meekness and the kindness and the gentleness and the patience, signs and wonders and miracles. Let the world call it witchcraft and whatever they want to makes no difference because we know we're yielded in his right hand. Isn't that wonderful? Because he's seated, Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And the right hand, it, 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 it means that it's full power and full authority. And in the hand of Christ is seven stars. And he gave those seven messengers the full power and authority for their age. And this message. Yeah. You were born to soar in the skies. You were born for heavenly places. Jesus, this, this new birth wasn't a new birth just so we could stay in the same old life of slop. Just so we could stay in the same chicken yard and peck away. It's not here just so that you could come to church on Sunday and on Wednesday. It's not here just so you can maybe come to a prayer meeting. It's not here so you can come to young people's and have a little bit extra, a little bit extra. It's here so you can soar. The new birth is meant to birth you to be an eagle so you can soar. Oh, eagles, 
they rest on high places. They don't dwell there, they rest there. They rest in the cleft of the rock. Hide me over in the rock of ages. What is it that places me there? It's the star in his right hand. The message of the hour that's been vindicated by supernatural signs. God doesn't just leave it just simple. He opens the word and he does it supernaturally to show why was he showing it that it had to come by a prophet. It couldn't come under the anointing of man. The anointing of man brought great reformers, but the word of God always comes to the prophets. It had to come to a prophet in this age. The prophet is an eagle. He's a seer. He had to rise up into the heavenlies and it couldn't just be earthly signs where he'd say, look at this and look at that. But rather it was a heavenly sign that God himself declared it. That it wasn't something that a man built up to say, I've studied, I've studied, I've studied, and now I've got a college, and I've got a school, and I've got a hospital, and I've got a this, and I've got a that. But rather, it was a heavenly sign where he says, well, what about Oral Roberts? He's got this building and that, and these millions and millions and millions, and, and Billy Graham's got this and that. But God said, I will be your portion. Because it wasn't about an earthly sign anymore. It was about a heavenly place. It wasn't a high place down here to say build this up. It was a heavenly place that goes far beyond. He'd even show him visions and he would look in the visions and he would see small birds. We know the small birds that would come in the shape of a pyramid. And Brother Brown would say that was the first pole. And then the second one he would say he would see the vision of doves and it would be the second pole. But then he would see a vision of angels. Seven angels that would come. He said it was no less than five, no more than seven or eight, but it was definitely seven. But it, I added that definitely seven in there, sorry. That's just my faith, I can't help it. But it was definitely seven, and that was the third pole that would come. And he found that he, we know the story how that he was there in the room, and as he's there in the room, and the presence of God is so great, and he sees his vision, but then it leaves him, and he's so numb all over. He said, I couldn't even hardly walk. I couldn't feel nothing. I was just totally paralyzed from the presence of God. But he said, it has left me for so long. I said, Lord, if that, was, if that means I'm going to die, then let your presence come back in the room. He said, nothing happened for a while. But he said, if this is the next part of my ministry, then come back. He said, come back. It hit me so hard. He ended up waking up from that, found himself in the corner. What was he reading in the corner? Romans chapter 9 and verse 33, which says, As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling block and a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. That what was the point? The seven angels coming wasn't about an earthly thing. It was Christ. It was the word of God being revealed, which is Jesus Christ coming down into the church. And they were so quick, it would be a short, quick work. He had other happenings. We know he would go into the Sabino Canyon and up on Sunset Mountain, and all these things would happen. He'd have received the sword in the hand. So that's the sword of the king. It's not just the sword of a king. It's the sword of the king. But as he's up there and is... He's receiving different things, but then he would come down. He would notice that in the May 17th issue of the Time magazine, there would be a picture of the cloud. And to them, it was just a mystic sign. It was far above what any person in the high place could understand. Because it was far above where any cloud had ever been. It was about 26 miles high and about 30 miles across. And what was it? He says, oh, just turn it to the right. And he recognized that this is Christ. It's Christ. It's the wigged one. And he's wigged with the angels around him. And he's realizing it's exactly what happened as I'm sitting there saying, As behold, I lay in Zion, Zion the bride. Behold, I come into the bride and I lay the stumbling block. 
when some would look at it, he would talk about what was the Holy Ghost, and he would say to the unbeliever, it's a stumbling block. To those that don't believe, it's, it's, it's something they would trip over. They don't understand. They'll call you a holy or they'll call you a fanatic. But you're the believer. That same Jesus Christ is a seal. That same Holy Ghost is a seal. It's a comforter. It is, it's, a, it's all kinds of things because it's wonderful. It's a comforter. It was Christ proving by the supernatural come up higher you can't receive this just with your head down to the ground you can't receive the revelation of this message with the anointing of a man trying to build a high place you've got a soar in the heavenlies Amen. forgive me but for reading this this part of the quote that brother Ed played this morning but It so struck me as well, and I just want it to be. I hope the weight of it would outweigh the gravity of your circumstances. Brother Branham would say in that same message, it's in the message, um, Patmos Vision. I just want you to think back to this morning. It says, now you drifting soul. You poor drifter that's drifting over the great cataract yonder. Be careful. It'll be a horrible thing when you know that there's no saving for you then. You can't get saved then. You know your doom lay right there before you when you know within a few minutes you'll hear the voice speak out, depart from me, you workers of iniquity and of iniquity into everlasting fire which is prepared for the devil and his angels. You'll know when you hear the great falls roaring of those voices of those meetings while you're passing out of this. Oh, what a horrible thing. What a nightmare. Don't let it happen to you people. Repent, get right with God now while you can get right. He says, now I want to ask you something else. What is any sweeter to a man that's anchored? Laying back under the evergreen tree to hear the rippling brook. Oh, that's the church said it in heavenly places with the voice of God rippling sweetly, talking to them then. What is it? It's a condemnation to the sinner and a blessing to the safe. A man who safely anchored his boat upon the rock, Christ Jesus, and just lays and listens how he can rest. Enter into that rest. What is it? He said, listen, there's, a, there's the word of God is going forth. The water is the voice of God that's speaking to you, to someone who's anchored in. It's the sweetest thing you ever heard. But to someone who's a chicken pecking in the yard, it's condemnation over and over till finally you're crossing from this life into the next, realizing that was the truth. This is how I like to get where the waters are running. If we ever go fishing or anything, I usually try to find me a place where the waters are ripply because it just makes you rest. You hear it just all right, all night. Isn't it beautiful when you really anchor your soul into Christ in such a place till you get quiet before him and hear his voice speaking to you? I'm the Lord that healeth thee. 
I'm the Lord that giveth the eternal life. I love thee. I know thee before the foundation of the world. I put my name upon the, upon the book. I put thy name upon the book. Thou art mine. Fear not. It's me. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. What a beautiful thing to know that your soul is anchored in the haven of rest. Remember the very voice that speaks so sweet to you will condemn the sinner. What lifts you up? Second Timothy would write it this way. Forgive me for moving so quickly. I'm out of time though. Second Timothy chapter three and verse 12 would say, yea, all that will live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. But I could go right back to the quote that I just read about Brother Branham where he says, listen, when you're really sold out, you're so yielded to that right hand, you don't even hear it. It says, but evil men, verse 13, and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. If that ain't the truth. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learnt and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learnt them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And then he, I'm sure, goes on to say, listen, it's the church and the high place of the church that will help you overcome the persecution. Not what he says at all. He says, all scripture, he goes right back to the word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So what lifts you up there? It's the word. Not just the word, but the word manifested. Because that's not what he's talking. I'm just saying, well, all scripture, just read the word. It's given for a reason. It's given by inspiration of God. Yeah, it's for doctrine. Yeah, it's profitable for that. It's for reproof. It's for correction. It's for instruction in righteousness. But it's for a purpose so that you could thoroughly manifest it so you could be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Can I go a little bit further? All right. Somebody said amen, so I'll take it. In the Patmos vision, he says this, and he says, the sword went out of his mouth. What was it? The white horse rider of Revelation. Notice the sword that went out of his mouth, the sharp two-edged sword. He's talking about how Jesus in Revelation chapter 19. He's not talking about the white horse rider that was the Antichrist. The one in Revelation that, that, that was the white horse that was Christ coming with his saints. And he says, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And finally, by his word, when it was made manifest of all the sons of God, he'll tramp every nation down with his word, by his sharp sword. And then in a couple verses, or a couple verses, a couple paragraphs later, it says, the gospel is not the word only. Paul said so. Paul said the gospel didn't come to us through word only, but that the word made manifest. When the word by the Holy Ghost is planted into the heart that's got the Holy Ghost and produces what the word said it would produce. 
See, then the word can discern the thoughts of the heart. A discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, the word does. Hallelujah. You say, Brother Andrew, that was just for Brother Branham. It doesn't say Brother Branham is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It says the word is. No, it won't be a great show up here with great signs where everyone's going to stand there and say, sir, you're doing this and this and you over here doing that and that. I see the light and I see this and that. No, I don't believe it'll be all that way, though there's gifts like that. But rather, it's the word of God that comes through the preaching, the voice of many waters, that's discerning the very thoughts and intents of the heart where you'll recognize and you, we need to set our wings on that. In Daniel, the book of Daniel chapter 2, verse 44 was saying, in the days of those kings, we know the, the story, we know the vision, how the, there was the vision that Nebuchadnezzar had of these kingdoms, but there came a rock, hewed out without hands, rolled down and crushed it all, and set up a kingdom that will never be shaken, that will never come down. But he says this, he says this, he says, and in the days of the, these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. It's not the works of any man. It's not the works of any great preacher. It's God. He'll set up this kingdom, which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. But it shall break into pieces and consume all those kingdoms. See, it's so much greater. It's so much higher than all the greatest high places of men. Because those kingdoms that he saw in that great statue, the head of gold and the silver and the bronze and the iron and the iron and clay, those were the greatest high places mankind has ever known. They looked at these wonderful empires and great things that man built up. But this... Not made with hands. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold, and the great God hath made known to the king which shall come to pass hereafter. Oh my. It's greater, it's higher. When the word, I bear repeating, by the Holy Ghost, is planted into the heart that has got the Holy Ghost and produces what the Word said it would. We read it at the beginning in Psalms chapter 18. He trains my hands for war. He causes me to walk in his overcoming power. It says in verse 2 of that same chapter, as the musicians would come, he'd say this, he'd say, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and so shall I be saved from mine enemies. See, what's it about? It's about him. It's not about us that we come and we have a high place. And that's good that we have a high place where God comes and meets us. But don't make it about the high place. Make it about the one that meets you there. Make it about the one that comes to that place. And recognize he can meet you anywhere, anytime, any place. 
It goes on in chapter 18 and verse 10 says, And he rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. And at the brightness that was before him, his thick cloud passed, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens. The highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, I sent out his, I sent out his arrows and scattered them. He shot out lightnings and discomforted them. It's talking about God. How can he work? How can he operate? Then the channels of water are seen. And the foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke, O Lord. At the blast of the breath of thy nostrils. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy. Oh my. He took me out of many different voices. And put me in the right way. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me. For they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity. But the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. He's chosen me to bless me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He saved me to put me up there. And he married me to make sure I'd sit right by him. For as God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is the buckler for all those that trust him. And who is God to save the Lord? And who is the rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet. He setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Wow. What's he talking about? It's Christ in us. The hope of glory. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation. Thy right hand hath holded me up. Thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me. My feet did not slip. Verse 37, I have pursued mine enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn again till they were consumed. I have wounded them that were not able to rise. They have fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength unto the battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies that I might destroy them that hate me. They cried, but there was none to save them, even unto the Lord, but he answered them not. Then Then did I beat them small as the dust before the wind. And I did cast them out as the dirt in the streets. The Lord liveth. Blessed be my rock. Let the Lord of my salvation be exalted. It is God that avenges me and subdueth the people under me. And he delivered me from my enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. That's a phenomenal psalm. There's nothing I could do. I just had to this week. I was... I was such a trial, and I just laid by myself right where I was, and I said, Lord, I can't do it. I need you. The best of my knowledge, the best of my ability, I can't do it. I need you. 
to come and lift me up. I need you to come take me into heavenly places. I need you to help me to set my feet on the rock. I need you to put me in high places. I can't do it on my own. I can't climb this mountain on my own. But God, who was rich in mercy, let's stand to our feet. You might just have an enemy that way, that you might just be looking at saying, Brother Andrew, I can't overcome the gravity. Every time I get up on the hot place, I get up in church, and we're just having a wonderful time. And I get out there on Monday, and it's like I just jumped off the edge of the mountain. Forgot to put my wings out. And it hit hard. Let me encourage you, go read Psalms chapter 18 again to recognize it ain't you. It ain't you on Monday morning. It ain't you on Tuesday. It ain't you Wednesday. If you're always trying to do it, well, I got this, praise God. Brother Andrew said, I got to know you don't. You got to just say, Lord, I'm just going to put my wings out. We'll sing that song together. I'm just going to set my wings on the winds of faith. And know that I can soar, right? Not by anything I've done, but God's just going to send a wind. That's what he's doing tonight. Sending you a little wind to help you rise a little bit higher. So rise above all the high places you've ever been in where you say, oh, this is a great time. That's a great time. Just set your wings on the winds of faith. When you get there Monday, just put a message on and say, Lord, I really want to receive from you. Amen. Whatever comes out from this message, I just want to say, Lord, I believe it. When you pick up the Bible in the morning and say, Lord, I don't understand everything I read, but I believe it with all of my heart. I'm just going to set my wings on that and say, Lord, I, yeah, I believe you're going to make it real in my life. There are two roads you may take. Oh, one by side and one by faith. Take the word of God Thank you.